page four in the in the older edition, and page Shin Chafein, the newer one. Valti Bohel Beruchacha, learning. about how there are certain lingering illnesses lingering illnesses that haven't been properly healed that haven't been addressed sometimes we've taken a little bit of a look at the some of the symptoms and and we're annoyed disappointed in ourselves with ourselves but as far as the as far as any deeper introspective type of a, of a refua of a healing so this is something which generally doesn't take place and that's how the Rebbe explained the numerous times that he met with older Hasidim who complained to him that they were that they were dealing with with unusual and extreme um, types of Yetzirah despite the fact that they were at such an age where it really was ridiculous and unrealistic and they were hoping to leave the world on a good note and instead in their later years, they're overcome by these thoughts, these these uh, fantasies, and so on. And he explained that this has this has, this is the result of certain of these of these illnesses, of these spiritual sicknesses that were lingering inside, thoughts that were there that never that were never really really uh, that were never really addressed, that were never really taken care of, and as a result of that, as the person's <coughs> ability to resist becomes weakened his kaychus his natural kaychus because these are people who, who turned away these thoughts who turned away these negative feelings but as they become older their ability to resist their general strength weakens so they find themselves overwhelmed with these thoughts and feelings so on page Shinchafei now this is uh, page 4 now when we were learning the first time, two people approached me and they said, what's going on here? Uh, how could the Rebbe be telling us that we shouldn't have any Yetzirah? Is it possible that human beings shouldn't have a Yetzirah? And how could he be expecting us to, to, to heal the soul, to get rid of the whole business? So he writes now, that's why I said, don't, don't get nervous. The Rebbe understands. So he writes, Don't become frightened or bewildered how is it possible? And I was just asked, the Rebbe says to ask me, how could I possibly demand, how could I demand of each and every Jew that he totally uproots the Eight Sahara from his heart? How could I even ask, how could I ask a person to do such a thing? That the person shouldn't have any more desires, shouldn't have any, shouldn't want anything that's inappropriate. Madre Garama Shedobin Hamel his Parba. This is a very great and exalted level that David Melech, that when David Melech finally, when he reached this level, he was able to take enormous pride. A man like David Melech finally reached this and said, that my heart has become emptied of all desire for anything but God, for anything but Hashem. He totally eradicated, he eliminated the Eight Sahara. So if David Melech was misspoiled, if David Melech was able to take pride in such a madrega, such an unusual level that he had reached where the Yetzirah was eliminated. So how could the Rebbe from Piazetzna actually expect people, average normal people like us, to get rid of the Yetzirah? This is exactly what, what I was asked when we started learning this. So the Rebbe writes, This is your response to what you've learned so far. 
Simon who shalahivantes rishasilach. To Simon that you don't understand what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm saying. I would never have the gall, the nerve to to expect something like this from a person, to, to ask you for such a thing. It never would have entered my mind to think that it, uh, that we could reach a madrag of Dovra Malach of Libi Khalil Bakirbi. I wasn't asking that. I'm all that I teach. In general, this is the piece that's in the sheet. And he's always, and he repeats this over and over. Everything that I'm teaching is are things that every single person can reach. That's attainable. It's realistic. Remember, last week we learned about two types of doctors. <clears throat> There's one doctor that he'll, uh, he'll do sort of a patch-up job. And the guy will feel better. He has some problem inside. There's some problem. This, this fellow has some, some much deeper internal problem with his stomach, with his intestines. But the doctor is not taking care of, of that on any real level. He's not curing it. What he's doing is simply a quick patch-up job. So the guy, for the next couple of days, he, he feels okay because he doesn't have the symptoms. But that's a, that's a doctor that's an amateur. Whereas the doctor who's an expert knows that the real problem hasn't been hasn't been solved. So he says that the amateur doctor, he doesn't allow the vomit to go out. In other words, he does something to prevent the person from throwing up. But that doesn't mean that, let's say, when he eats the wrong thing, if he has the first bite he'll take, he'll, you know, there'll be a, there'll be a massive explosion of, of this sickness. So it's just been quieted down in the most external and superficial way. When it comes, however, to the expert, the mumche he he's concerned with the with the wound. He's concerned with the with the uh, with the problem inside this person, deep inside. Now the doctor knows he can't guarantee. So the patient, so the doctor takes care of this, of this deeper issue, of this problem. So then the patient says, "Oh, doctor, does this mean that I'll never be sick again?" <coughs> so the doctor could say, as far as this particular ailment is concerned, things are looking pretty good. I mean, things look pretty good as far as this sickness is concerned. I've dealt with the problem, and I've, and I hope that I've gotten to the root of the problem. But I can't, I can't say anything about whether there'll be other illnesses that, that will emerge in your life. There are other problems that you'll have, but I can tell you that I've done my best to cure, to cure this problem at its, at its source. So he says, I can't. So he says, Can I guarantee that there won't be a new sickness? I've gotten to the bottom of this one, but it's hard to say what's going on inside of a person. But this particular one, I think that I've uprooted and I've been able to burn and to destroy and to eliminate. But that's not a, that's not a guarantee as far as other things are concerned. Or, or you could become susceptible, you could be susceptible, and, and this could be reawakened as well, this problem. There is such a thing. 
Dovra Melech Hargoliyeh Tzoharish Leoshevis Hisehu Oy. So Dovra Melech Libi Chalu Bekirvi. Dovra Melech. Dovra Melech killed the dragon. He got rid of the dibuk. He was completely, completely rid of the Yitzhahara, where there was no question of it re-emerging, right? There was no question of it, uh, of it uh, coming again to haunt the person, to haunt David Amalekh. Huh? David Amalekh then he couldn't. He could, you remember the Malachim others couldn't take him because he was, but Pasuk Pumim say also because he wouldn't. He he wasn't. He never stopped learning, and he was on that state of perfection. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's an interesting Indian. I'm just not for now. It's a side thing about Dovid Melch, but that's true. Not, not at the end of his life, he didn't. Ah, okay. This is talking about the end of his life. So he says, Dovid Melch, Harugal, he ate the Yoshu, we see, say you, oi, Dovid Melch. He, he killed the Eight Sahara. That's it. It's not coming back. Not this Avera and not another Avera. The Eight Sahara was silenced. Gamarnu. That parish in Dodamel's life that he, that he fought with his entire life was finished. So the Rebbe says, Am I asking? Am I asking to be David Amalek? What are you saying? Is this what I'm asking? This is what I'm asking. And this is what I expect. And this is what I, I the Rebbe is saying, this is what I believe every Jew is capable of. You don't have to be in a Madrig of Dovin Every Jew is capable of this. That at least, that at the moment when there's a taiva, a desire, a thought, that's an, an ugly thought. A midara, or a certain trait, a mida, that is an ugly mida, when it raises its head. What I'm saying is, it's not enough to just grab it by the head and push it back in. And say, shah, still leave me alone now. And push it back in. And that you should feel satisfied and happy that you were able to close to shut its mouth. That it's not it's not whispering anything right now anymore to your ear. You've quieted it. Says, That's not enough. Shall I say say haki so that the vomit doesn't come out of your mouth? He says rak terape gamis apetsa benavshacha. You have to deal with the sickness. You have to get to the ailment, not just to not just to do something to put a bandaid over the problem, but to, to you have to you have to deal with it. You have to address the inner deeper problem. Of course, we understand that we're not in Madrid of Don Mal, so the next day or two days later, it could be a different Makshava, it could be a different Ratzna, a different Meshagaz. There's no, there's no shortage. But one has to try to understand. <clears throat> Remember, we were learning, he was explaining, we were learning at the end of Bnei Makshava Taiva, that sometimes you think he was talking about a, a certain, when a person, let's say, He's angry. He responds to things in an angry way. So, so he goes out and he buys the latest, the latest uh, book uh, against anger. And he goes to and he hears there's a shear in town, something an anti-anger shear. So he goes to the he goes to this uh, he goes to the shear, 
and he's now studying everything about anger and he's going through all the svarim and he's hearing all the shiurim <coughs> and uh, and, and he comes home late from the shiur a little bit and his wife says I was expecting you earlier and he starts to scream don't you know that I was at the anger shiur so the P.S. Estner says at the end of it that it, it could very well not be anger that's his, the real problem the real problem could be remember what Gaiva, Kavit, conceit. So he went, he's going to every, listen, it's always good to hear Shir, it's always good to learn whatever you're learning. But he, he believes, because he sees the vomit is anger. That's the symptom. So, and he is, and he is uh, working on the symptom. And he's getting all the, uh, he's getting all of the uh, ointments and all of the uh, medication, the kind, like, the, you know, the, that all it does is it takes care a little bit on the surface. What's it called? Is, uh, when you, an ointment that, or something that's only for the uh, a top, a, a topical. So that's all it is. That's all it is. It's a topical cure. So he thinks anger is his problem. It's not, it is a problem, but that's not the, that's not that's not the machla. That's just how the machla. That's how the machla comes. That's how it manifests itself. But the machla, the sickness, is is a warped sense of self. A warped sense of self <clears throat> that that causes him to behave in this way and that way. There can be five different types uh, <laughs> negative behaviors that that, that that are caused by this machla. So what the Rebbe is saying is, look, of course there are different problems that a person has in life. We haven't destroyed, we haven't killed the dragon. However, what I'm saying is, be honest, be real, <clears throat> be a person who's misboining, who 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 probes into, into the illness to understand what the problem is. <coughs> to heal the wound that's within you. Listen, get rid of this garbage even though something else might, some other bacteria might get in. Something else might, might creep in. We're exposed to we're exposed to millions of of, of different types of all kinds of things. But what you think is the machla, you know, what you think is the sickness. So I, I remember, you know, I had I had this problem. I shouldn't be again. But I have my foot. I have, I've already gotten this cellulitis a couple of times. So it happens like a sholosh regolim I already had. So so everybody's telling me right away, oh, don't go to the mikvah, don't go to the mikvah, because that's where you get the mikvah. So so the doctor told me, so I was talking to, uh, to, to Dr. Glatt, or Byron Glatt. He's a, a maven shibimavinim, and he's in Yonim. So he said to me, listen, there are more germs in your socks than the mikvah. That's what he said. That somehow this came about with the mikvah, the mikvah, that people are, are, are mighty laws on a, on, on a mikvah, that they say something about his damage is in your socks. So, <clears throat> see here a person, you imagine, stop going to the mikvah. Which is the Yeshua, right? And and that's the that's the source of the machla is the mikveh, the darshkai. There are a million places. There are a million places where the bacteria could could come from. The, the the issue is how do we get to the bottom of the? Why is it that you ha- that 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 you have such a problem? That's it's not it's not the mikveh. It's not the sock. There's something else going on that makes you susceptible to this, right? That's the problem. So so the Rebbe's saying, I understand. Of course, the father. There are other things that come up. But you have this issue, and you have to address it in in a real way. 
You have to get rid of the garbage. Some other bacteria might get you from somewhere else. So now he says, Uma Uma Ha No. What's the Aitza? Obviously, the Rebbe understands that he's not going to solve all of this in one uh, in, in one Torah, in a page or two pages. What's the Eitzah? How do we purify the soul? How do we heal it? How do we get to the bottom of things? A great, there are different, he says that we have to learn much and there are many strategies, many strategies that are necessary, that are required in order to do this. Many strategies. Help me that I'll be able to go into this into greater detail in a different place. As it's in my heart. But the beginning, let's start. Let's begin to heal the soul. This is the beginning of all aces. And the underlying, the underlying yesoid behind all possible strategies. The beginning is that you are driven, you are motivated to seek an Eitzah. You want, you want to, to change. That's the beginning. You have to have, you have to be doirish, you have to tidrish v'sach paislatakis l'cha'etzah. You first have to be driven to to get to the bottom of things. A person who's gotten used, let's say, to earning his living by collecting charity, that can cause the person ultimately to be so completely lazy and unmotivated that even with the that even with the money that he receives. From Shadaka, he doesn't do anything constructive. He's so lazy. It began that he first just was taking from other people. But then but then he realized, you know, this isn't bad. And he became so used to accepting from others, and the laziness got worse and worse to the point that, that even though he doesn't have to go out and work for the money, he's too lazy to do anything intelligent and constructive and imaginative and creative with the money that he gets from Shadaka. He's so lazy. Forget returning, he doesn't do anything. He says, when does a person become a warrior? When does a person become a Gibra Chayil? The Rebbe says that's only when he feels when he's at war and he feels that he has an Achrayist to take care of his own life. He has not Achrayis to save himself. He has this something very, very urgent that needs to be taken care of, and it's his Achrayis, and nobody's going to do it for him. Not only that, and there are others that depend upon him as well. There are others. He has, he has others that are, that are under his care. A person is a, a parent. A parent has to realize, a father has to realize, a mother has to realize that these issues that are haunting me are not only affecting me, they're... That, that God forbid they could destroy my children. A person who a person who hasn't dealt with the issue of anger, he's not only destroying himself, 
like Rambam says, because Abalkaz has nothing in this world. Not only is he destroying himself, but he's and his relationship with his wife, he's destroying his children. He could be destroying his parents. And so it is with any machla that a person has. It's contagious, and it hurts others. So a person has to first realize, listen, you have an achrayis. You're at war. There's a war that's going on. And when there's a war that's going on, you have to cut call, you have to worry about saving yourself and you have to save those who are connected to you. It won't help. It won't help just to be a person that's that's getting advice or receiving orders from other people. Your commanding officer can be giving you advice, your commanding officer can be give, can be could be telling you what to do and where to go. But, it, but it, when it comes down to it, if you don't desire to live, if you're not motivated, if you're lazy, if you're not motivated, and if you don't feel a sense of achrayis, so it's not going to work. Whatever this one gives that age, so that age is not going to work. Okay, they taught you, they taught you in the army different ages what to do if you're in this situation, that situation, but if you don't, if you're not being, if you're not planning, if you don't have a strategy, if you're not mechadish in yourself, and you don't get to work, and you don't want to save your life, you don't, then all of these ages that you were taught are not going to help. And so you have people that they can't understand. Like every single day in yeshiva, I learned Masil Sashar for ten minutes. I don't know why. I'm not at Sadiq yet. I, I've been to a million shiur, and I still ha- and I still have a yitzhar. I don't I don't get it because you could you could hear a million eitzes. You can hear a million aces. And they've been giving to you on a silver platter, just like this guy that's getting handouts. This guy's getting tzedakah. he got a million, he's got... In other words, he has terrific aces, just like this guy's got lots of money from tzedakah. But he's so lazy, he's so, so unmotivated, he doesn't even know what to do with it. So you have a person, that he gets a million aces. He hears Mrs. Shum every day, and he goes to Shiurim, and he did this and that. And he's bombarded with good people, with good ideas from good people about how to change. But he himself is no cheshik and no rotsin. He doesn't have a rotsin. He doesn't have, he's not motivated. He's not motivated. So here you have a human being that walks around for 120 years. He's a bucky, the chal need in the chayma. Like he knows all the right things to do. Not only that, this guy usually is very critical of other people. And he's always thinking, too bad he doesn't go to the same shir that I go to. And he himself hasn't changed Kichutasari, he hasn't changed at all. Even though he's equipped, he's, this guy is loaded with every Eitzah. He's got the Chavetz Chaim in one pocket, and he's got the Mitzvah Shram in another pocket. And he's really, he's well equipped to deal with all of these problems, but he doesn't, do, but that's the problem. He doesn't deal with the problem. He, he's not motivated to, to the Kumbhazay to get up and to do something. So he has a lot of Eitzes, so but Gurush is helping. That's what the Rebbe says, the first Eitzes I'm giving you, the beginning, is that you have to be a person who's doyresh, who's seeking a cure, <coughs> who wants to change. And, and a person has to realize it's not enough just to go to listen to Shiurim and, and even to read an interesting book and to talk about something. A person has to begin to... Uh, yeah, a person has to get to work. He has to roll up his sleeves and he has to get to work. And that's what, 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 what people for most of their lives are avoiding. They're not so threatened by the Shia. 
It's an interesting Shia, why not? He says like this, he says like that. What could be bad to go to an interesting Shia? Jews are intelligent people. And I'm Chochem Venovan. Who doesn't enjoy to hear a good Svarah? It's interesting to hear a nice thought. To hear a good Svarah. But, but that it should actually, that it should be put to use, and that a person should really seek to apply that, that Tyra. So you can learn all the, all the chastidishes from that are in existence. And you can read all the hischaskas. You could read, you could read, you know, Meshivas Nefesh, that they're from Rabbi Nachman's Tyrus. And you can, you can learn all the hischaskas that there is in the world. But you don't know, God forbid, until you go through a difficult period, whether any of that was anything more in your life than something interesting. We shouldn't be tested either. Halavai, we shouldn't be tested. We shouldn't be tested. But you can learn all the Svarma <clears throat> and and, oh, and then when it happens to you, you God forbid, you get you, you, you destroyed, Khalila. Or you can learn the Chavis Alavavis and you learn the Shara Bitach. The Chavis Alavavis, you learn the gate, the Shah, the chapter, the section that deals with trusting in Hashem. And you give Shiur in the Chavis Alavavis Shara Bitach. And everything was going well until your business fell apart until your, your source of livelihood was, was taken from you. And all of a sudden, then you find out, am I just someone that teaches Bitochen? Am I somebody that understands what Bitochen means? Or am I somebody who takes this, who has taken this and used it as a practical exit to change my life? <clears throat> and it says in the Zerk College that the 613 mitzvahs are 613 aces. Aces, pieces of advice. Eaten their eyes, as they call the advice of the Torah. The Torah is, is a book of advice. Every pasuk, any word that you hear, when you hear a nice word, when you hear a nice word, right? A person could be a person could have sat and he could have listened to a Torah for an hour and a half about the about what a bracha means. What does it mean when you say baruch atah What does it mean? And he, and, he, and he comes home, he says to his wife, you know, the wife gives him something there, a piece of cake, he says, he says, honey, the rabbi today was unbelievable. He's talking about the whole thing from that, Riyach Kaddish, and, uh, and a whole Indian brachas, uh, a whole thing about brachas. You know, he made it, in the meantime, he made a brach on the cake. His wife put a brach, he describes, he makes a brach that, that, a, that a, a, a child in first grade makes a better bracha. And he says, I'm Zionist, without kilachayad. And he's telling his wife that today I learned what the Ari says about making brachas. <clears throat> because if you don't see the Torah as being, as, if you don't see every single Torah that you learn as being advice, and you don't take it to heart, that's why the Rebbe is going to show us now, in five minutes we're going to have a tefillah from the Rebbe. And that's why in the Chabur this week, I, I decided I'll, I'll give you a sample uh, of when we learned, we were learning Hefka for the last two weeks, the Indian of Hefka in Halacha. We're not finished, but we're learning the Indian of Hefka. All the Torah of Hefka. And that's why I want to do that piece from Rabbi Nos. Because there you see that the Tzaddik takes a, an Indian, an intellectual abstract, right? That's what Rabbi Nosson does. And what does he do with it? He turns it into an Eitzah. Into an Eitzah that it sh I shouldn't have a life of Hefkeiris. And what does it mean, Hefkeiris? What does it mean, Hefkeiris? Navayit is Hashem. Every single thing that a Jew learns is an Eitzah. Every safe you open up is telling you an eighth. Every word that you hear is telling you an eighth. But you have to be a mavakesh to realize that. 
Or else he's just a bright guy that enjoys a good, something uh, stimulating. It's intellectually stimulating. But it doesn't have any impact on your life. And those who, those who know you still suffer with, with your, with your, with your medias and still suffer with your narishkeit. We must follow, we must go in the way of Chazal and all the tzaddikim. Sorry, you mean it's small to be careful not to, not to be distracted, not to go away to the right or to the left, but to follow the path that was set for us. To seek and to dig deep, search, to find within our lives, that when you learn a safer, so the Rebbe might not be spelling it out for you. He might be telling you a certain idea. So the Rebbe doesn't tell you. Not everybody's like this. The Piazetzner. <clears throat> not all the Swarm do that. So you have to take that. You have to take that Torah that you learned that day, and you have to think about it and to try to figure out an Eitzah. An Eitzah. What What does this teach me? This is This is the way. When you know when you talk about what what used to be. That wasn't. Things were never were never perfect. But there was a certain type of a Jew. I once mentioned here in Shul that there was a, that there was a that there was a certain old chassid, an old chassid that he told the Rebbe Rayatz and Lubavitch that you should know that when I was that when I was something like 22 years old, your father, the Rebbe Rashad, told me this sentence, told me this line, and you should know that for the last 65 years, that's my avoidance. 65 years my avoidance from that sentence that I heard from your father from the Rabbi Rashab. This is a certain sewer of a Jew. That by that that by, by people nowadays where everything is fast. Everything is fast. It would have been a gewaldi gevard. And you know something, if it was really gewaldi gevard, you'd probably remember it for 65 years. Every one of us remembers a certain there's certain vertlach, certain things that we keep, that we remember them. Oh, that's a good vart. But that's not what that Jew told the Rabbi Rayats. What he said was, it's not just that I remember the Vard. He wasn't, that's not the point that he remembers the Vard. He says that my chiyas is from the Vard. I live with this tire. I drew my strength, I drew my purpose in life from that sentence that your father told me. That's a Jew. That's what it means to take a tire <clears throat> and to run with it. And to have a chiyas from it. Not just that it's something which is interesting. It's interesting. I, I think I might have mentioned to you once that my, my, my wife's uncle was Zaychet to learn by Rebelli Lapiani. He learned in Krachasidim. You heard of Rebelli? was the biggest tzaddik about Musa, a Jew that had Gilu Eliyahu, a Jew who, a Jew who met Eliyahu Novi. How do we know that? Because if you look in Lev Eliyahu in the first volume, in the introduction to Lev Eliyahu, <clears throat> so the, when he was a young man, Rebelli Lapian, the introduction was written by Rabbi Shom Shadron. It was a Talmud rebellion. She says, when Rebellion Lapian was a young man, he, he had it in his heart to, to schlep, to go see the Svasemis. He was chalishing to meet the Gary Rebbe, to meet the Svasemis, even though he was from a completely different machne, a different, he was from a different school. But he, he heard so much, and he, he, and he had seen some things, he wanted to go to the Svasemis. So Rebellion went to Poland, and he went over there to, to, to the Gary Rebbe, to the Svasemis. And he walked into the room, so the Svasemis stood up. Svasemis was an old man, the Svasemis stood up for him. 
and Rebellion, and there was this we know that there was somebody that was there, there was a shamans. So so Rebellion was taken aback. He says he says, Why why is the Rebbe standing? So Sashama says that a man your age who's already spoken to Eliyahu I shouldn't stand. So Rebellia said, if the Rebbe knows that that's true, then how much more so that he should, doesn't have to stand in front of me? Now, the Rebellia didn't deny it. But if the Rebbe knows it's true, then the Rebbe certainly doesn't have to stand for me. Right? <clears throat> this Rebellia Lapian, my wife's uncle said that when he used to say a Kriyashim on a Tuesday, by Marav, the whole, the whole building was shaking. And there was a Pachav that you don't hear a Shema by the Shema of Nila. Right? To hear such a Shema Yisrael. So my wife's uncle said, but you know, he says, when we would hear Musa from Rebellion, when Rebellion would, when Rebellion would, when he would get up and he would open his mouth by Elul, he would open his mouth, he would say, Rabbi Sai. The whole, all of us would begin to cry. All of us would begin to sit there. And he said, Rabbi Sai. He's showing Elul. Right? So that, but, but he said, but now, nowadays, a person goes to hear his shmuz and they can hear, you know, an Elul shmuz. And, it, and they'll, they'll walk out and it's Gewaldig. Wasn't it Geshmak? Ooh, was that Geshmak? In other words, he said Gewaldig Gewaldig. You heard how he said that Chazal? He tied it together. Wasn't that interesting? It was fantastic. But that wasn't the Nakuda. That's why I've often thought about this. You know, because I, I, in, my, in my endless search for things, you know, I've been through a lot of farm. So that's, there's certain farm, let's say Musa's farm. So that I, that I looked at, and I try looking at many times, and I, so I don't see that there's anything, I don't see... Uh, I don't see that there's too much going on. I mean, it doesn't look, I don't see what's happening over there. There's a certain tzaddik, a big balmusta from the last generation, that, I, that, that years ago, I, I remember I was, I, was, I was a student, I was learning in Yushalayim, and I, and I, and I heard, because they, one of the Rosh Hashiva was always saying this, he was saying from this tzaddik. So I, I went and I bought this farm, and I started to learn the mission. I don't know, I don't see it. So, that's a stupidity on my part, <clears throat> because because what I was looking for was something sharp and interesting. And perhaps it's and it's true, it's true. If you look for something in that Musa Sefer that's sharp, you know, a half a sentence in the Mashalach from Ishmael says sharper than that whole Sefer. But that's not the point. That that Sefer was written for Jews who were there with the with the Bal Musa. The Chavetz Chaim, when you read Torahs and Chavetz Chaim, you're not going to find, you're not going to find Chidushim when you read from the Chavetz Chaim. But when the Chavetz Chaim said to somebody, it's Elul, the person would fall apart and everything would start coming out. The Chavetz Chaim, although the Chavetz Chaim knew everything, that wasn't his way. For whatever reason, that's not the point now, that wasn't his way. He spoke with a certain Pashtas. And, he, and, he, and his writings are with the Pashtas. In a simple way. But the people that he was ta- the, the people he was talking to were looking for aces. They weren't looking for ideas. They were looking for a way out of the problem. Nowadays, everybody's looking for ideas. Everybody wants to find something interesting, something exciting. But they're not looking for an aces. So the Rebbe says the Yisaid Yisaid is the beginning of Avodas Hashem is that a person wants. He wants to. He wants to win. He wants to make it out of this problem. He wants to get. He wants to succeed. That's what the Rebbe is saying. So we have. When he, he says when you read, he says lachapis lumsu kambat zmenu eitzes al pidei vemikadashim zatzal. It's not enough to hear a good vart to see a tyre. You have to. You see something from Baditshuva, You see something kedusha slavi. 
So you have to you have to take it to heart and you have to go with it. To get chiyas from it. To think, no, no, what could I do today? What could I do today? It must be hashgachah protest. If I heard this Torah from Badishavit today, I heard today this Torah, so what could I do with this? Today. Not going to be a week from now, but today. What could I do with this Torah from Badishavit? She said, hey, Badishavit is talking about, uh, he's talking about something, a very sublime thing. It's a vart, it's a Torah. No, every single Torah that you learn, you can take an answer from it. Every single Torah. Akol Tzara, Tzara Sanefesh Hashalei Savai, anything that, any difficulty that, that, that confronts a person. You have to take the words, the teachings of Chazal and the Aces. Then we can become true soldiers, true warriors in Hashem's army. To serve Hashem using the teachings of, of the Tzadikim. That we shouldn't be like people. <coughs> you know, there's such a thing as a person, as I said, as we learned before, he's a gibor. Officially, he's a gibor. Officially, he's a gibor. In other words, you can, a guy, the guy, this guy has been working out in the gym for 10 years. And his, this guy's shirt is bursting because he's got muscles all over the place. Right? And he's a giver. He looks at himself as being Shimshon Hagiver. The first time that he has any problem could be that it's a little guy, but the little guy is a Klieger. Right? He's a smart little guy. And the and this guy he's been working out for ten years never never ever thought of a way of how to apply any of the any of what he, he doesn't know how to use any of the weapons that he's a, that he that he's a, a bought over the years. He doesn't know how to use them partially. He's a gibber, but he's a gibber because he has all the right equipment. He's armed, but he's lemaisi. He doesn't know what to do with it. Just like the, just like the, just like that guy that he has all the money from Stalker, but he doesn't. He's so lazy. He doesn't know what to do with it. So then, what happens? You learn all this from Akedash. You learn all the Muslims from. You have you're unbelievably equipped to deal with the problems and the issues that you have, but you never do. You, you're just too lazy. You're unmotivated. Or you're lacking in your Shemaim and in fear of Hashem to get to work, and you just are, are, are complacent and happy on that set course that you'll be like everybody else, everybody else on your block, or everybody else that sits at your table in shul or in your row in shul. And no, no better, no worse. So you're not looking for an answer. So you sit there and you're not approvingly speech after speech, drush after drush. You hear interesting things. You say, well, "That's very interesting. Very interesting." And nothing in your life changes. You're a giver la yucha la hishia. You are a you are a, a warrior. You're a hero, but you you're not a, you're not capable of saving yourself. You're not able to save yourself. Avalavad menatach bulas shlavayda shalach laharbois. Now there's something else that Rabbi says besides being a person who's determined to get to work. <coughs> You're able to get to the bottom of this problem and to uproot and to look to learn this swarm and to, and to take the aces to uproot the problem. There's something else that a person at the very beginning has to be, needs to do. Tukhalashamish Gambi Drosh Khazal Alaposik 
Dogger believe is believe is Yashchen. So Chazal say Yashchen is Yashichen Olachev. That means that when a person has a worry, there's something that's eating him up inside. He has a worry. So Chazal say in his pasuk Yashchen means Yashichen Olachev. It means have a good chaver, a good friend, somebody that you could talk to about it, somebody that you could discuss it with. Ish Hashem Levavcha, someone that's of your heart, that you could talk to. V'leomru Mayaseh Ha'achil Lahakil Dagis Hamesiach V'Hamesaper. So Rebbe points out it's very interesting. The pasuk Shlomo Melch doesn't say what the other person responds when you tell him what's worrying you. It just says that you have a worry, tell, tell a good friend. It doesn't say what the friend tells you. The friend might not have an answer for you. Very often the friend does not have an answer for you. The, the, what Shomal says is that something is weighing heavily upon you. Talk about it with someone. Why? Speaking about it. It, bringing it out from within you. In other words, recognizing the sickness in such a way, you know how it is when you just think about something, you inside yourself, or, and, you, and, you don't, and you don't actually articulate what the problem is, and you don't really bring it out, deep, then you really, ha, you really don't understand it. Dibur has the cause to do that. Dibur. When you say something, as he brings to the Baal when you speak about the problem, it, that means that the problem is no longer permitted to hide. And to, to hide within you and to have this way of, of that there should be some crookedness that remains inside your heart with that problem. When you speak about it, when you talk about it, then the, then the entire thing becomes exposed. It becomes part of reality, as opposed to when you just have it in your own head, you say, it's not a problem. It's like that with everything. When it comes to studying, if a person just thinks about something, he can think about it for 10 hours. Eh, just like that. But when he starts saying it over, and he has to explain it, and he has to explain it, that it should, then, then, then it, becomes, it becomes crystallized through the explanation, through, through working it through Bedibur. Why? It says in Shirashirim that my soul left when he spoke. So the Balshamtav taught that the deeper meaning of that is that when a person speaks, his soul is able to come out. Years ago, when the shul first started, so I gave uh, I gave uh, a whole bunch of shirim to women on the Indian of Tvila. And in, in, in those shirim I spoke for around ten weeks about how this why is this? Because I was trying to explain that why do we have to verbalize? Why do we have to, during davening, why can't we just think? Why do we have to say the tefillahs? Why, why do we have to say ashray? Why do I have to say Hashem and ashray? Why can't I just think it? Hashem knows what I'm thinking. One has to understand what dibur is. What is dibur? Nefesh, ruach, neshama. The ruach is dibur. And ruach is the ability to take, to, to transport something. Ruach is the ability to take something that's hidden into and with that wind, with that ruach, to, to carry it out into the, into the world. Without Dibur, a person, a person never really understands what's going on inside. Nafshi Yotze 
A person can feel this within himself. A person has a daiga. He has a worry. Or he is angry, upset about something. Even though So he thinks, you know, he was angry for a while and he was worried. Now he thinks he's doing better. You know, a couple hours went by. He's all right. He's distracted. He's doing some other stuff. He's not, he's not filled anymore with the anger, with that worry. It's only on the surface that he, he's not worried anymore or he's not angry anymore. The vomit is still sitting there. It's still, a, it's still there, the problem. So the Rebbe says that if one were, of, if, if something else in that category of worry, so the guy thinks, no, I'm fine, I'm doing great, I'm doing great. Like the guy, the guy was all upset and he was so nervous because of what's going on with Parnassa. It's not, and, and you know, and he, he got his mind distracted. He, he, he watched the ball game or something. He's feeling better. Got his mind off, played with the kids a little bit. Relaxed a little bit, he's feeling fine. He says, okay. His wife, he's never told his wife it's upsetting. She saw he was worried, but now he's looking okay. He says, now I'm fine. Goes out to the, goes out to the street and he sees something there with the latest stock, right, the latest stock thing. So he falls apart. Goes Meshuggah, starts pulling out his hair. That's not a reaction just to that latest quote. He still, he still's got the homachla. He, he never got rid of the, of the daiga. The daiga was sitting, it was simmering. And then there was, when there's anything that reminds him of it, it unleashes it with a fury. It unleashes it. And he thought that he wasn't worried anymore. It didn't bother him anymore. I'm fine, I'm okay. I'm a gibro. I don't bear any grudges. And then the, ten minutes later, it could be something else. He starts to act like him is sugar. And she says, I thought you didn't bear a grudge. He says, no, this is a new thing. This is a Chiddush. I'm not, this is not Chazara. This is the Ian. This is something different. That's not true. You have a problem. You had, you, there's a problem in your relationship. And you're upset about something. <clears throat> so that's not a Chiddush. It's just, this is just a continuation of the... Of, of, you have people that they have a fight going on for 40 years. There hasn't been one Chiddush in 40 years. It just looks like it on the surface. That's because there's different in Yonim. So today it's about this, and the other day it's about that. But, but that, that's not a chiddush. The relationship has been messed up for forty years. So today, today, so today we're arguing about shoes, and tomorrow we're arguing about shirts. But that's not the point. The point is, there's no chiddush. The issue that a lot of people have with therapy, very often has nothing to do with what the, with the Eitzah that the, that the uh, therapist gives him. Nothing to do with that. The, what, ha, what it has to do very often was with the fact that for the first time in his life, a good therapist knows how to get you to talk. But not Stamineveld. He knows how to bring you to a point of nafshi to get my soul, my nefesh, out with my words. That's, that's, the, that's the job of a the ik is not so much the aches. Aches is good, hit in the head. The point is to to bring you to that to, to bring you to that emis where you understand that this is this is the problem. I don't I didn't know it, and I'm talking about it. So a person thinks 
I never, I never realized that. It could be the therapist, the, the therapist hasn't said one word. The therapist is sitting there with a notebook and is writing. And yeah, and yeah, I, I don't know if they actually lie on a couch. They always say that. I know maybe it's true. So I guess maybe they could sit on the couch. So the person is sitting there talking, and the therapist hasn't said a word. He's got all he's saying is mm-hmm. No, oh, mm-hmm. What else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, you remember last year, Mark, uh, guys were joking. We have in the school we have a couple of psychologists, psychiatrists. So one of the one of the uh, one of our one of our uh, psychiatrists was up at bat at the uh, Lag Boimer game. And as the I had a good part, he says, how do you feel about that pitch? <laughs> what is it? I thought it was a great line. I used it a lot. Is that, what is it? Is it I, Bishimcha, I said in your name, Mordechai, don't worry. So, so like, how, does that, how does that make you feel? So, so the guy's sitting there, and, 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 the, and the therapist hasn't said a word. He just says, uh-huh, yes. Oh, what do you think about that? How does it? And then the guy, and the guy starts to cry, and he's so, so whole upheaval. And he says, doctor, you saved my life. He saved my life. He saved his own life, Shaita. You saved your own life. The doctor did eat his amis. He did save your life because he's a, a maven and a mumcha. He knows how to be madrich you to, to, to ask the right questions that you should be that you should be doirish to the pneumius. That's that's something special. That's something special. <clears throat> it's chaval because you can save a lot of money but if you go to a big tzaddik if we have in the world such a person he, when you just look at him and he looks at you then, then that, that, that that whole process begins but but the, is, the point here is that the, is that when a person speaks about it he says this can explain why there are people that they call Bali and Marishchayrenics. That you have these people that they're always upset about something. They're always depressed. They're always nervous. Of course, there can be many other things that have to do with with an imbalance, but emotionally. Why? He said they become suddenly sad. There didn't have to be, nothing happened. You could say, what happened? Why are you so sad? What happened to you? Something, somebody said something? No. Something happened to you? No. How was work? Fine. So what are, you, what are you upset about? So the answer is, the Rebbe's saying because they never got to, they never, they never spoke to anybody in a real way. The whole life is mama's just fake. They never really addressed these in Yonah that could be sitting there from the time that they're 10 years old. And you see how, how, how a therapist will, will come to that nakuda? That there's a tsar, there's an anguish that this person never spoke about for 30, 40, 50 years. To the point that the person was able to hide it from himself that he didn't know that it even existed. He never even thought about it. He didn't know. If you're fortunate and you have an Oyhevereya, you have a friend, you have a chavis, someone that you love. And you could pour your heart out. You could pour your heart out. Your worries out to this friend. I was once sitting. I, remember, I just remember this. I was sitting with a couple of chaver. There were two or three of us. We were in Yisrael. We were in Yeshiva in Yisrael. And this one guy was going through a hard time. We saw that he was like uh, going through a hard time. We didn't know him. He was homesick. We weren't sure, but we saw that he was like he was out of it. So uh, 
So he, so one day I was sitting with two other guys. The, we were the closest kavayim. This this other guy came that was pretty sad about something. And he sat down, and he said, "Look," he says, "He says, fellas, he says, I remember the lush. He says, fellas, I I, I don't want to burden you with my with my problem." So the guy next to me said, "Thanks." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Shkaya. He just went. He just like <laughs> went on talking. Remember, Shkaya. That's that's a real chaver, huh? I don't want to burden you with my problem. Something is hurting me inside. Shkaya. He was just joking. He you know, sat down. But but I remember that. So, you know, a person needs a chaver. You need somebody you could nafshi yotze bedabra. The smarul of another goes from a kaim is a daigib levish. Now, here's an interesting thing. The friend hasn't given you an age. The therapist hasn't told you try this or try that. But by talking about it, you already feel that you have taken this stone on your heart and you've rolled it away like Yankivavino. <clears throat> it can have a real effect upon you, a very strong effect. Now we're just going to begin this now. Next week we're going to talk more about this. Do you have a better friend than the Rabbi Shalom? So you're looking at you feel that I don't have. Who do I have? I don't only have such a chavim. So he says, you see, so you can say with the, I would talk to the Rabbi Shalom, but he doesn't answer me. But the Rebbe is saying, the Indian of Nafshi Yotze is to pour your heart out to the one that you trust more than anybody. Says, Do you have a better friend than the Burnish Leilam? The Burnish Leilam is our friend. Now here you here you, you you think that you're listening to Rabbi Nachman Breslover, right? But it wasn't just Rabbi Nachman. People think just Rabbi Nachman, his bite this, his bite this, Rabbi Nachman. Yeah, Rabbi Nachman said that the Ikka, what he wanted to to be machazik was the Indian of his Baidus. Of learning how to speak to Hashem is as a friend. And going and spending time in such a way. Which we're going to learn some pieces next week from Rabbi Nachman, a little bit to be Mashlam what the Rabbi says here. From the He says, Find a quiet place, a room, and hide. In a cheder, in a room. It says in Pesach, The Barnshalom says to every Jew, Come with me into my room. It means that when, when the Barnshalom invites you into a room, means, Come, we can talk about this a little bit. We can talk about what's inside, what's hurting you, what's the problem. Cheder is the oisius, chesed din rachamim. Right? That's what it means to go into Hashem's room. Chesed din and rachamim. To come to who you are, to understand. Haster is atzmacha bechedem meyuchadim evshalacha. Vimlav, hosef panech lakir. And if there's no place where you could be by yourself. Like one of the chever was telling me in Flapushia, he was telling me in Flapushia after the Shia, the fellow that, I, that I'm friends with from the summer said that he went with his father to his town, back to the town where the father came from in, in Poland. And his father had always told him about that, about you know his life, in, and and the house is still there. 
and the and the goyim that are living in the house, let let the, let him in to see, let him in to see. So this this friend of mine said that he couldn't believe it. He says the whole thing was like a box, and there were eleven kids. He and his father never said to him it was tight. We said that we said that if, if you have a house that's a block long, I got I got an extension. I got to make an extension. I heard my kid yesterday. I heard my kid. I got to get an extension. So, so he says my father says we talk, he never once said that we like it was you know it was a it was a difficult situation. Because there was such a thing when when there was a certain strength of character in that world. So the Rebbe says, and if you don't have any, he was talking to people that didn't have extra rooms. Could you imagine? He said, if you have a room, go there. To, go there. He says, Im Can you imagine? Im Im Lav. If you don't have any room to go to, can you imagine? If you don't have a place to go to, Im Lav. Turn your face to the wall. In that room with with twenty people, go by yourself. Rabbi Nachman speaks about when you can't turn your face to the wall. And you can't even say anything. Because if you say anything, then they'll think you're crazy in the world. You can't do anything. So then the Rabbi Nachman teaches how to, how to close your eyes and to scream inside your heart. To hear yourself screaming in such a way that you're screaming and yelling that the whole world is shaking from your yelling. You don't make one sound. Nobody hears you. It's such a malach. And picture in your mind that you're standing before the before the throne, like we learned B'nai Machshavat at the beginning. Picture that in your mind. V'shayfech lafon is lafon See yourself standing by the kisei covered, like the Rebbe said back then, and you're holding Hashem kivyocha by his feet, which he may, he explained what that means. We're not talking now. And use any words in any language that you're comfortable with. If you're not used to such a thing. I'm going to give you an example of one of mine. That it should be a dogma, it should be an example, a sample. How you can go about purifying your soul. Talking to the one who listens. That the tefillah will be able to go and be attached and connected to the, to, 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 to the father of that, to the, to the burn shalom. I didn't come to say to use my tefillah. I'm giving you an example of how you can begin to create, you can begin to think of and to compose your own tefillahs that you should be able to use in the most powerful way of to talk to the Rebbe about something that's hurting you and that's worrying you. Right, the tefillah, the tefillah will, will we have to, and I'll, it'll take a little bit longer. It's okay, because we need to do a little bit more groundwork in this evening. We'll do the, we'll do the tefillah, Mr. Shem, on Lag Boyim, and next Friday is, Friday is Lag Boyim, Mr. Shem. Well, that's a good day to do that. Just go ahead. Look at Shabbos.